If you're able to, would you please stand, take your Bible, and turn to Ephesians chapter number 4. Ephesians chapter number 4. Let me get there. I'll just read a passage of Scripture here, and then I'll have a word of prayer, and then you may be seated. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, beginning in verse number 20, But ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard Him, and have been taught by Him, as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is creating righteousness and true holiness. Let us pray. Father, I pray that uh, I will be clear, that it might find lodging tonight, the truth of thy precious word. May we take these truths and principles and apply them to our lives as we live amongst people. In Jesus' name I ask these things. Amen. You may be seated. If I well, first of all, let me say that I uh, am not without problems. What I mean by that is uh, not everyone gets along with me. Not everyone sees things the way I do. Can't help the fact that they're all wrong and I'm right, but anyway. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, but I say it that way because I. Uh, it doesn't make a difference who you are. Um, we live with people, and people are um, sinful creatures, and and that's all it takes for conflict, for sure. And, um, and so you're going to have trouble. Uh, and, but, but tonight, um, uh, I, I got this, or at least I got this idea from, from, from Saturday. It started anyway. Had a great time at the men's meeting, and, and Brother, Brother Bill spoke, and uh, did a did an excellent job and uh, dealt with the subject of long suffering. And he, in his in his uh, 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 teaching, he brought up the subject of anger. It just so happens I'm actually reading a book right now on the subject, and so it was it was um, uh, it brought back some things and and. Um, and, it, and as he was talking on Saturday, uh, uh, my mind went to Ephesians chapter 4, where it talks about anger. It talks about you and I to be angry. We'll get into that here in just a minute. Well, anyway, from that, uh, uh, I, uh, I wrote down a few things and, and 
tonight, I want to share them with you. Because how critical it is uh, that we live in this world and deal with people and the squabble and the fuss and all that stuff. More damage can be done in the life of a church because people don't know how to handle problems. Churches divide because people don't know how to handle problems. Marriages are dissolved because of the same thing. When people don't do what's right, and by the way, did you know that you can be right and still not be able to resolve problems? Did you know that? Sure. The, the issue is not to try to control people. Because can I tell you? You can't. So you need to quit it. Quit trying to control other people and or the situation. You just cannot. The only thing that you and I ought to be concerned about as far as that we have control over is what we do. And tonight in our text, if you uh, listen to, uh, as Paul writes to the Ephesians, he no doubt deals a lot with salvation. I mean, it is from this particular book that we have uh, for by grace are you saved through faith that not of yourselves is a gift of God. We get this. But he also deals a lot with what's on the other side of accepting Christ. In other words, growing in Christ. And in the text that we just read to you tonight, it literally deals with changing. People changing. In other words, people that are saved, that, that uh, are, God is working in their life, and so they are changing. And what I mean by changing is changing to be uh, learning to walk in the Spirit and less walking in the flesh. Learning to obey God over your flesh. And Paul describes it as putting off and putting on. The ideal of putting off the, the old man, the old habits, the old way of thinking, the old way of doing things, and as God is working in our lives, putting on what God wants us to do, how He wants us to live, how He wants us to think, how He wants us to deal with. And the context of this is is sort of bound or woven with problems. And so Paul says, let's put off, let's put on, and this is, these are some principles to live by. These are things that you're going to need to learn to do. So tonight, I want to give you some of those. I know some of you have heard this, parts of it anyway, already. So tonight, it may be a checklist. I don't know. But I hope and pray that it might be a time of encouragement for you. Because, by the way, anything God asks of us, we have hope that we can do it by the grace of God. In other words, God can change your life if you let Him. And so tonight, with that being said... I'm going to try to make it as simple as possible, but at the same time, um, we're talking about 
being the person that God would have us to be as we put on and put off. And, and so there are some principles in our lives that, that ought to be there, that we ought to be mindful of, that we ought to be working on by the grace of God. And one of the things is to be truthful. Now, I say it that way simply because of, first of all, my outline. Uh, it fits well. But, but the ideal is this. As a child of God, especially in, when it comes to problems, there's no way that you and I can resolve problems if we don't deal in truth. I, I tell you, there's no sneaking. There's no, there's no pretending. There's no, there's no trying to be something you're not. The ideal is this, that you and I ought to speak the truth. The ideal of what should come out of our mouth should be that which is inside of us or that which we know is right, and it is that what we ought to base everything on. We ought not to be lying about anything that goes on. How in the world can you resolve your situation if you try to lie about it? And so, so Paul puts out one of the things as a Christian that we are to do is to put off this lying, uh, falsehoods and things like that, and, and, and learn to deal with truth, learn to speak the truth, learn to, to do the truth, learn to do it, to live that way. Dealing in truth, speaking the truth. I tell you, it would, it would truly, hey, it may not do anything for the people you're dealing with. But it will do wonders with what you're dealing with. By the way, you can never come to, to a good conclusion without the truth. I promise you that. Because the fruit of what is right, the fruit of truth, will bear good fruit. But on the other hand, if you deal with lies and, and, and fakery and, and falsehoods, I promise you it will produce that very same thing. And so, would to God, as a child of God, that as I grow in the Lord, that if there's, one, if there's a principle that ought to emanate from my life, that I ought to learn to, to put on in my life, and that is truth. Speaking the truth. I am an honest man. I, I don't deal with lying or anything like that. You can count on what I'm saying. I, I don't have any hidden agenda or anything like that. And by the way, that is so important when you're dealing with conflict. So, be truthful. Number two, be angry. I like this. Not that I'm an angry man, because I am not. But, the Bible does say, and I get a kick out of this. Verse 26, be angry. Boy, we could stop right there, amen? We could pull out our spiritual card and say, I have a right to do this. Because the Bible says, I'm, I'm to be angry. But the Bible doesn't stop there. And folks, I tell you, if I can say it like this. You know, apparently, God expects us to have passion. To have an emotion that gets us stirred up. About what? And folks, this is the interesting thing. I mean, I've seen a lot of you get stirred up over a lot of things. 
Well, some of you get so stirred up over the Colts playing. I mean, seriously. Woo! Or you get stirred up over whatever. Whole vacation's coming. And boy, you're the happiest person I've ever seen because of that. But in this, in this, in what we're talking about, when the Bible says be angry, it is talking about emotion that, first of all, God has given you. And the ideal is this. Obviously, there is a righteous anger. There is this feeling, this emotion, that, that it ought to stir us up over what? That's the interesting part. You know, a lot of times, and I don't hate, I mean, I don't mean to burst your bubble, but some of you get so angry over selfish stuff. You have no right to. Because you didn't get your way. Amen? Apparently, I'm hitting on some toes. I apologize. I really don't. Truth of the matter is, we do. Churches are full of people. When they don't get their way, I get angry. I don't like that color on the wall. And if you're not going to change it, then I'm going to da-da-da-da-da. And, and, and the truth of the matter is, you know, we get angry over things that are not biblical. We get angry over things that are so selfish. And, and, it, and it is a sinful anger. But tonight, as Paul is writing, he says, Be ye angry and sin not. And the ideal is this, that we are to be angry over that which is right, over the truth. And when sin prevails, or when there are, there's wrong things happening, it ought to get us angry. It ought to get us stirred up because of the truth. That's what ought to take place. And so when unrighteousness is, 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 is being done and things like that, it ought to stir us up. Wait a minute, this is not good. And it ought to stir our emotions and the ideal is this, is to use that anger not to attack somebody, but to deal with the problem in a manner that is proper. Be angry, the Bible says, and sin not. Tonight, let me give you a few things concerning this. In other words, as I said before, it is a controlled anger or a righteous anger. It is, it is, it is, an, it is an anger that... that that not only deals with the problem, but wants to be helpful to the other person. But it is, it, it is a controlled anger. Secondly, apparently it is this opportunity that, in other words, we want to do what's right as soon as possible. In other words, this emotion that, 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 that God has given to us, if you and I are not careful... The Bible says this, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. In other words, apparently, now think about it. In this ideal of angry, the Bible says be angry. In other words, don't let a day go by. Don't let the sun go down. Don't let a day go by until you deal with that day's problems. Okay, we have a lot of problems that are seething at the bottom of our hearts maybe or in the bottom of our lives and we ignore them. The Bible, and by the way, that's sin. We don't ignore problems. That's why God gives us anger. That's why God gives us that strong emotion and so that we might deal with that problem. And apparently there's a time issue. Oh, yes, it is. 
Well, if I forget, it'll go away. By the way, does it ever go away? No, it doesn't. If you're going to be honest with yourself, it doesn't go away. And apparently, based upon the Scriptures, it is better to deal with it early. It is better to deal with it as soon as possible. These are principles concerning anger that you and I ought to learn in our lives. Uh, and, and the ideal is this. Yes, we get angry. Yes, we are you know, emotionally charged. But it is, it is a controlled anger. It is a righteous anger. But we don't direct it at the person, though. We direct it at the problem. And we do it as soon as we can. Hold on. Apparently, in this whole mix, there's a warning that you and I must be careful about. You know what it is? The devil. Apparently, if you and I, if we're not careful on how we handle this anger, and also, listen, the time issue will give the devil an opportunity to get a foothold in our lives. Look what the verse says. Neither give place to the devil. I promise you this. The longer you wait with that emotion, the longer you avoid dealing with what you don't want to deal with, the longer you wait, you know what's happening? It's giving the devil an opportunity to wreak havoc. Because things are not dealt with, I tell you, I've seen it to where lies have spread. People have done things because of the time they were given that never should have been done. Simply because the devil was given an opportunity to wreak havoc. And so, God has given us this emotion called anger. And we are to use it to do good. We are to use it to do God's work. And we ought not to wait. Don't let a day go by without dealing with that day's problems. But be careful. I tell you, there are so many opportunities. If you're not careful, you could allow the devil to get a foothold in your life and wreak havoc. So don't give place. Don't give place, don't give a foothold for the devil to get in, in your life. So, the principle of truth, how valuable it is. The principle of anger as far as dealing with problems in your life. Secondly, not only be truthful, not only be angry, but also be giving. Be giving. You know, it's interesting where this all fits in. And, and, uh, but, you, but did you know that truly, as a person, as God works in our lives, you and I ought to learn to be giving to other people. Learning to give what people need. Well, look at the next verse. The Bible says it like this. <clears throat> Let him that, what? What's the word? Stole. Let him that stole, steal no more. Obviously, we know what stealing is, don't we? 
Stealing is taking from someone what doesn't belong to you. Called stealing. And apparently it has within it this ideal of, no, no, no. Don't take what isn't yours. Well, I, I think I deserve that. Well, I think, I think I have a right to that. Wait a minute. It's not yours. So what are you doing stealing it? What are you doing taking it when it's not yours to take? So what's the, what's the principle behind this? Learn to be a giver. Whoa, wait a minute. What is involved there? I'm glad you asked. First of all, what involved apparently is you working. You laboring. You doing what it takes so that you can have. Well, that's what it says. The Bible says of him that stole still no more, but rather let him labor working with his hands the things which is good. And the reason why, so that... He may have it to give to him that needeth. Instead of stealing, instead of taking from someone, learn the principle of giving. Learn the principle of, of, of well, if I want to give to somebody, I need to, I need to work. I need to labor. I need to do what it takes to earn whatever so that I can have it. And then, not so that I can be selfish and hoard it up for myself and live for myself. That's not it. It's learning to be a giver. Give to who? Those that need. So apparently it also involves you being sensitive to those around you and their needs. Learning to give. This ideal of, of, of uh, in relationship to people, and, and I tell you, isn't it so true? But, you know, a lot of times we know our neighbors. I'm not going to take from my neighbor. How come? Well, I'm a Christian and I want to have a good testimony and I want to be a blessing to them. I don't want to hurt them. And it's, and, and, and it's this idea of, of learning to look at our neighbors and look at our, 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 our people in, in our lives and from the idea of what can I do to be a blessing to them. And so by God's grace... Whatever I can do with my hands, whatever I can do, in other words, whatever talent God has given me, I am to labor, I am to work. You ought to thank God for what God has given you to do and the abilities that you have. Please don't brag about them. You can lose them at any time. But the ideal is this. Be thankful for what God... And and by the way, there's a reason why. There's a reason why you have what you have. There's a reason why you're able to do the things you're able to do. That is so you might be a blessing. As a child of God, God's working in your life, learning to be a giver. Not to take what is not yours, but to learn to labor. And by laboring, you get rewarded. You get paid for it. You have. And then from what you have, you give to people that are in need. That's a far cry from taking from somebody things that, they, that don't belong to you. Would to God 
that we would develop that kind of spirit in our lives, that of giving. Number four tonight, not only be truthful, be angry, be giving, but number four, be watching. Be watching. Well, let me clarify. Be watching what you say. Be watching what you say. Is it not interesting that as God deals in our lives and that we learn to put off and put on, especially in in the context of struggles and problems with people, God says, I'm working in your life, and one of the things that you need to learn to correct, to put off and put this on, and that is what you say to people. Has anyone ever been misunderstood? (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, wait a minute. I didn't mean that. Well, that's not what it means. Or, or, wait a minute. You misunderstood what I was trying to say. I tell you, it happens all the time. Of course, would to God that people would have the understanding or at least the the temperament to, well, then please explain what you meant. Great. I love the opportunity. A lot of times... Anger kind of messes that up. But when it comes to our relationship, apparently God expects you and I to learn what to say to each other. Words are quite powerful. Do you know that? Oh, they really are. And you and I ought to be very careful what we say to people. So much that Paul said this, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Please don't ask me the question, well, what's corrupt? Well, that would be a matter of opinion on a lot of people's. But the best judge is that of the Word of God. But also this, if you find that what you've said, you know, is offending someone, if you know that, why keep saying it? The Bible says, let no corrupt communication, in other words, corrupt, to tear down, to rip apart. No corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying. So apparently God wants us to have a speech of grace. In other words, to be able to say things that are encouraging. Can I tell you? The people that you're talking to, they're not a good judge of that. (laughs) Folks, please listen to what I'm about to say. There are some people that get offended because it is a tactic. In other words, they use it for their benefit. Someone comes into my office or anyone's office, and they, and they say, Preacher, I need some advice. Tell me, tell me, blah, blah, blah. I've got this situation. Tell me. So the preacher starts talking, and then all of a sudden, the person starts doing what? They start crying. Why are you crying? Because I didn't like what you were saying. Yeah, but... It's just what the Bible says. Yeah, but... Get my point? So often, people use things like this 
people can say, well, I don't like that. That's offensive to me. Sometimes the word, the word of God is offensive to people. Sometimes the truth does what? It does hurt. And, and biblically speaking, the ideal is this, that, that, you know, if you truly love someone, if you truly want to do what's right, you will speak the truth to them. Now, so often, though, we find that, that in, this, in this ideal of watch what you say, sometimes we can be very hateful with our words. And we ought not to do that. By the way, if I know you, and let's say, for example, here's Larry. Larry's not here, so I'll pretend that he's here. And let's say, you know, I know Larry. I've known Larry for a long time. Let's say Larry comes up to me and he says something that just totally, just flabbergasts me. It takes me by surprise. And I, and I says, man, and maybe what he just said hurts my feelings. But wait a minute. I know Larry. Don't you? Larry wouldn't say anything on purpose to hurt me. And so guess what? I'm going to go back to Larry and I'm going to say, Larry, what did you say? Larry, what did you mean with what you just said? Because I know Larry. Larry loves me. Larry, Larry is a Christian. He, he wants what's best for me too. By the way, that's the way we ought to treat everyone. Especially our brothers and sisters in Christ. Because Christians ought to learn to try to be encouraging. But even when you think that they're not, at least give them the benefit of the doubt. And find out what they're saying. Because apparently God expects you and I to change our speech. And by the way, the intent, the reason why we're learning to change our speech and to speak is so that we might be used of God for God to use us to say what we say, that it may minister grace unto the hearers, that it would encourage people to do what God would have them to do. Sometimes our objective is to get people to do what we want them to do. Boy, that's a hard lesson to learn. I don't know about you, but, you know, I I guess I would be a controlled person. If you don't know what you're doing, I'll tell you what to do. That's just the way I am. Here, let me drive. I'll take over. That's just the way I am. And, um, but, that's just, you know, that can be good and that can be bad. Depends on how... I use it. But I'll tell you, folks, apparently God wants, no matter who you are, to be conscious of what we're saying. And may what we say be used, that God can use what we say to encourage and to minister to others so that they'll do what God wants them to do. Wouldn't that be great? That's the way Christians ought to be. Why? Because we're putting off this old man. We're putting off, you know, I don't cuss like a sailor. By the way, I never cuss like a sailor. But if I did, you know, as a Christian, I would be putting that off. You know, some people today, they pride themselves. Yeah, I cuss like a sailor. That's nothing to boast about, especially if you're a Christian. Ought not to be that way. Junk like that ought not to come out of your mouth. It 
ought not to. Yeah, I tell you, I got mad at that person, and boy, I just blanked, 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 and boy, I put him in his place. And you feel good about that, huh? That's not the way Christians ought to be. So, be watchful. Watch what comes out of your mouth. And oh, by the grace of God, help us to learn to talk to one another. Husband and wife, learn to talk to one another. When it comes to resolving problems, when it comes to making decisions, when Christians get together, may they learn to talk and say things that encourage one another. For sure. Be watchful. Be watchful what comes out of your mouth. Number five, be sensitive. Be sensitive. You know, apparently, because the Holy Spirit of God lives inside of you, apparently we as Christians ought to be sensitive and be aware of what would offend the Holy Spirit. Well, the Bible says it like this in verse number 30, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed into the day of redemption. The Holy Spirit of God is within us because God put the Holy Spirit there, and there's a purpose for the Holy Spirit... By the way, the purpose is to lead you, to guide you, to, 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 to influence your life, to, to correct you and all these things. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. But we can be so insensitive and we can act in such a way that truly turns off the Holy Spirit. That grieves the Holy Spirit. That keeps the Holy Spirit from doing what He, he needs to do in our lives. We can totally ignore the Holy Spirit. And apparently as a child of God, God wants us to be sensitive and be aware of what the Holy Spirit wants to do and is doing in our lives. By the way, when you, go through, when you and I go through problems, can I tell you, you think God is oblivious to what you're going through? Oh no, He's not. And you can bank on it that God is speaking to your heart. And yet, what ought to be on our minds is the fact, okay, what does God want me to do in this situation? How does God want me to talk in this situation? Oh, I tell you, I am so angry. But how does God want me to, to use this emotion? Oh, I tell you, I better watch what I say. Oh, I better watch what I do. Why? Well, so you won't grieve the Holy Spirit of God that lives inside of you. That's how important this is. None of this idea, well, I can do whatever I want to. My life's my own. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. And you and I ought to carry ourselves in such a way that not only shows a Christian who is under control, but that is concern for somebody else rather than yourself. And sensitive to what God thinks. Taya, haven't you ever had someone say, say to you, come on, everybody else is doing it. Why are you trying to be all good here? No one's watching. Oh, for us there is. For us, there's somebody else that's there that is very important to us. Come on, folks. We ought to be sensitive. The Spirit of God. 
Number six. Be willing. Be willing. Be willing to what? Be willing to acknowledge your sin and let it go. Well, that's what it says. The Bible says it like this. Notice, if you would, in verse 31. I'll tell you, this is what a list this is. Oh, my goodness. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. What? I'm not like that. Wait a minute, I don't talk like that. Hey, I don't, I don't have those problems. That's, no, that's not me. No, you need to acknowledge you've got a problem. And you've got to be willing to let it go. Things you've said. You know, if the truth be known, you've got some malice in your heart. Boy, you're, you're, you're not only angry at them, you want them to hurt. You want to get them back. Hmm. Evil speaking. What did you say about them? Really? No one heard me. <laughs> Can I tell you? God did. God did. Be careful. You and I ought to be, we ought to be willing to acknowledge. Yeah, I do have a problem with anger. Yeah, I tell you, based upon this list, as I go down there, I tell you, I've been so bitter for so long. Oh, I tell you. Bitter. I, I, I can't even talk to my, my, my relationship, wouldn't make sense. How come? Well, it's been eat at me. And I just, I, I can't let it go. Bitterness. Anger. Clamor. Evil speaking. Be put away from me with all malice. You know, as a child of God, the Holy Spirit of God, and I'm very thankful for it, works in our lives. He does. You know, when I go home, guess what? The Holy Spirit of God will work in my life. When I go to work tomorrow, guess what? The Holy Spirit of God is going to be there with me. And He works in my life, just like He does you. But you and I ought to be willing and sensitive to not only acknowledge our, 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 our failures. How many have ever, please don't raise your hands. How many of you have ever, I don't know, for some reason, your wife just pulled that last, yeah, that last, you know, they, she just said the wrong thing at the wrong time and it hit you just the right way and boy, you exploded. What'd you say? And then immediately, you knew you shouldn't have said it. You knew you shouldn't have lost your temper. But you did. But the question is, how'd you handle it? Please don't answer. We already know. Your wife called us. No, just kidding. (laughs) But you know what she said. You know how you handled it. And you know she, you hurt her. Or it could be vice versa. You hurt him. But how'd you handle it? Did you ask God to forgive you? Did you immediately, oh honey, I'm sorry. Or hey honey. I didn't mean what I said. I I, I messed up. You and I as Christians ought to learn to acknowledge our sin. We're not perfect. So quit acting like it. I never do anything wrong. 
No, that's your first mistake. Amongst many others. But may we be willing to put it away. Get it off. And then lastly, and um, you know what? We're in the B's, right? B, 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 B. So here's my last B. I, you know, I could say be kind, right? Because that's the first one. But to encompass it all, you know what fits quite well? Be like Jesus. Be kind, be tenderhearted, be forgiving. Just like Jesus. In other words, apparently, God just wants us to be like His Son. That's what He wants. Because as we live in this world, as we go to work, as we deal with our families, we're going to have problems. We are. But may God be working in your heart. Well, no, no. If, if my wife was like this, then I would be better. Well, if my, if my children would do this, then I would be a better mom or a better dad. Well, you know what? I tell you, if I had better people at that church, then I would be a better da-da-da. I tell you, that's not true. It is you. It's you. Because you're the only one that can control you. You're the only one. And we don't do a very good job of that, do we? But if you let God, He can change your life. So tonight, it is a challenge. It is an encouragement. Maybe for some of us, it's a plan. Hey, that's how I'm going to handle my next, my, my next issue. Well, I really need to work on this in my life. God wants you to be truthful. He wants you to be angry, but in the right way. Boy, I feel like I have to clarify that every time I say it. But be angry. Oh, I tell you, He wants you to truly be giving. Be giving. Be watchful of what comes out of your mouth. Without a doubt, you better be careful about it. Be sensitive to the Spirit of God that lives inside you. What He wants. You ought to be acknowledging and be acknowledging concerning your sin and be willing to let it go. And then, be like Jesus. Let's all stand. As we stand tonight, every head bowed, every eye closed.